Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I am excited for baseball to be back in 2021. And I almost recorded yesterday. I almost recorded an Indians podcast yesterday. I was all ready to talk about Cesar Hernandez. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just wait till Saturday morning. What am I in a rush for? I, I don't answer to a publisher. You know, I don't answer to The Athletic or anything like that or ESPN. I, I can take my time, right? Do it on the weekend. And then the Indians make that decision easy for me because they went out and signed free agent outfielder Eddie Rosario last night, formerly of the Minnesota Twins, formerly the masher who destroyed the Indians anytime he played at Progressive Field. He is now in our outfield. So, perfect morning to record an Indians off-season podcast. We got two new play, well, one new and one returning player to talk about, and we got a lot of MLB news heading into a potential spring training, right? There've been uh there've been some talks from Arizona where like the the mayor or the governor out there didn't want them to come out and start spring training in Arizona on time. And Major League Baseball was like, yeah, we're going to start on time. So the plan going forward is still apparently to have a normal season. So it it sounds like uh, pitchers and catchers are going to be reporting in a few weeks. And we're going to get this thing going. We're going to ramp up some spring training. And uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting one for the Cleveland Indians. So yesterday on Twitter... I uh, I was kind of going back and forth with some Indians fans, and basically what I was saying was this is Antonetti's perfect proof of concept scenario, right? The proof of concept is, can I retool for the future while still competing in the present? That's what they've said multiple times in multiple press conferences, and he has it now. He, he has the, the perfect proof of concept to prove if this can work, right? In the last few years, we've traded Trevor Bauer. We've traded Corey Kluber. And now this offseason, we traded Francisco Lindor. Whether the Indians were going to compete in 2021, I think Antonetti would tell you that the Lindor trade had to happen. Lindor will be a 300 million plus player come later this season, come next season. Like the Mets, there's no way the Mets would make that trade unless they thought they could sign him long term. We all know the Dolans are cheap. The Indians do not have that kind of money. They weren't going to sign him to that kind of contract. They talked probably they they rumored that they talk about contracts in the $200 million range. I think as Indians fans, we all doubt that would even happen. So if you're Antonetti, the only option is I have to get some value for this guy, right? Lindor is going to probably be considered one of the best shortstops of all time when it's all said and done. I have to get some value back for him. So it sucks. It really hurts his Indians fans, and all your anger this offseason has completely been warranted, right? We wish we had an owner that could sign a franchise star like this and keep him on the team. I mean, we wish in any sport we had an owner that could do that. We weren't able to hold on to LeBron James even in the NBA where it's designed 
that the hometown team can offer more money. In the NFL right now, we'll see if we, we signed Miles Garrett. We locked him up. So there you go. A guy we drafted locked up. We'll see if they lock up Baker Mayfield for the long term. I know the idiot Browns fans who want to trade him right now. Don't pay attention to that. So the Indians, same situation, right? We couldn't hang on to Jim Tomey, right? We couldn't hang on to CC Sabathia. We couldn't even hang on to Carlos Santana the first time. We had to trade to get him back. So the Indians, when they make a star, we all know this. They can't hold on to him. They just don't have the pockets to do it. Now, people were speculating when the salary, when the payroll went down to like in the 30 million range, it's the perfect scenario to sell a team, right? You clear the books, you get the payroll down so low that the new owner coming in has basically this, you know, blank canvas to work with. Well, that's not what they were doing. With the signing of Cesar Hernandez and the signing of Eddie Rosario last night, the Indians are doing exactly what they said in the press conferences. They are retooling for the future while still competing in the present. Now, Eddie Rosario gets an $8 million one-year contract, so it's just for 2021. Uh, Cesar Hernandez's contract was one year for $5 million. It's a It's $1 million less than what he got in the 2020 season, which is surprising because he had a good season. But it also has a club option for 2022. I believe they said the club option was for $6 million. These are both really good signings by the Indians. These are signings that in any other season we would be really excited about, right? You picked up a really solid bat for your infield and a great defender, and you picked up a really solid bat for your outfield and a serviceable defender. But with Lindor going, Indians fans are obviously wondering, like, why? What is this supposed to look like? Why would you sign 29, 30-year-old guys when you just look like you were doing this rebuild? Well, this is Antonetti's plan. It's not a rebuild. So they got Major League talent back in the Lindor trade on purpose. They got Major League talent back back in the Kluber trade, in the uh, Trevor Bauer trade, because this was always the plan. The plan was, could I keep a good enough team on the field to compete for the playoffs every year? Now, as Indians fans, you should be excited and frustrated by this. Yes, in 2018, in 2017, when we were when we had Encarnacion and we got Jay Bruce and we were building this roster around Lindor and Ramirez, and it felt like we were making a real run for the World Series, yes, that was exciting. But this is another way of going about it. This is uh, this is really leaning on your pitching. And it's not as exciting. It's not as much fun going about it this way. But at that time, your best prospects had kind of come up through the system, right? There wasn't much hope for the future. Now we have a little bit of hope for the future. We have guys like Arias and down there in the minors now that could come up and be the future. So I'm actually excited about this Cleveland Indians season. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm someone who I don't I don't study the minor leagues like maybe uh Locked on Indians uh podcast does, but I do keep an eye on it. And so there are young guys 
that when they get ready, when they get to this level, when they start bouncing back between the majors and AAA, it makes me really curious. I'm curious about the Bobby Bradleys and the Zimmers and the Daniel Johnsons and the Mercados. I want to see these guys succeed because that's the way, I mean, that's kind of the way baseball is designed, right? It's des- You have these minor league systems so that you can have this collection of talent that you train, you teach your system, and then they come up and they're your players. And so, yeah, so Zimmer and Mercado and Daniel Johnson, right? We want to see these guys succeed. Yu Chang, Bobby Bradley, we want to see these guys succeed. But we just went out and got two really good major league players to supplement that, to kind of stabilize that, to give us a pretty competitive top of the lineup. Now, I, I saw Zach Meisel predict this. I'm looking at the fan graphs. Uh, roster predictions, and I even texting with my brother last night kind of predicted this. Uh, everyone's kind of assuming that Cesar Hernandez is going to hit leadoff. He did really good at it last year, so why not let him lead off? Jose Ramirez hit second, Eddie Rosario hitting third, and then Fermil Reyes hitting cleanup. We need Fermil Reyes. This this season, a lot of this season hinges on Fermil Reyes. Uh, Balancing out those hot and cold streaks and being a really good power hitter in the middle of this lineup. Then, um, you know, as far as fan graphs go, they project Josh Naylor at first base hitting fifth. Roberto Perez at catcher. They project Andres Jimenez playing shortstop, hitting seventh. Oscar Mercado in center field. Daniel Johnson in right field. Their bench, they have Austin Hedges. Ahmed Rosario as your utility infielder. Jordan Luplo as a platoon, a right-handed platoon in the outfield, probably with Daniel Johnson, and then Jake Bowers as an outfield first base option. Yeah, I can see that. I can absolutely see that being the opening day lineup. Uh, People are worried that they're going to start Andres Jimenez down in the minors to manipulate his service time. He's got three options left, so, I mean, you could. It would be a dirty move. It, It would... This guy already played a half season, technically the 2020 season, in the majors. I want to see him in the majors from day one. I think if he comes in really hot and really competitive in spring training, the Indians have shown that they will start a guy on the opening day roster. They We saw with Tyler Naquin, right, where he just crushed it in the spring and opened with the team. I think we could see it here with Andres Jimenez. I have a really high hope that the Indians won't screw around and they will start the best shortstop they have in the system at shortstop, and that's Andres Jimenez. Ahmed Rosario's defense was rough at shortstop his whole time in New York. Now, there were talks about Ahmed Rosario possibly being traded again this offseason. There were talks about Ahmed Rosario after we acquired him from the Mets that maybe the Reds were interested. And this happened because there was a string of free agent signings on shortstops. So a bunch of shortstops get signed, including the Minnesota Twins, who picked up a pretty good one. And so the Reds are stuck looking for a shortstop. And there was a rumor that they were calling Cleveland about Ahmed Rosario. Now, at the time, I was thinking outfielder. I pulled up the the, uh, baseball reference pages of three other young outfielders all ready to talk about him today. And then we go and sign Eddie Rosario. So, uh, yeah, now maybe, maybe that trade still happens, but it's for the bullpen. It's for prospects, so there's still a chance that Ahmed Rosario could get traded. That would open a door for Yu Chang to be the utility infielder for this team, which I'm excited about. I really want to see Yu Chang succeed as a Cleveland Indian. Um, 
he hasn't gotten a real look. He hasn't gotten a real good look yet at the major league level. So I'm curious to see what could happen there. All right, so let's talk about Cesar Hernandez. Let's talk about Eddie Rosario. Let's talk about what we're getting as an Indians team. Now, again, Eddie Rosario, that's the hot news. One year, $8 million. This guy can hit. He can hit for power. Uh, The last three seasons before the COVID season, 2017, 2018, 2019, 27 home runs, 24 home runs, 32 home runs, 79 RBIs, 87 RBIs. I'm sorry, those were runs. 78 RBIs, 77 RBIs, and then 109 RBIs for that 2019 Twins team that just mashed the ball. Uh, obviously, last year, the numbers aren't going to stack up. It was 13 home runs and 42 RBIs, but the only player on the Cleveland Indians that has numbers better than that would be Jose Ramirez. Uh, the only one that comes close on OPS is Jose Ramirez, and actually Fermil Reyes beats him by a few percentage points on OPS. Um, he had an OPS of 792 for the 2020 season, but for the last three seasons that I just listed, 2017, 2018, 2019, it was 836, 803, and 800. His uh, WRC plus. For the last four seasons, that's weighted runs created plus, remember where plus the average is 100, so you're looking for guys over 100. Since 2017, it's been 117, 114, 103, and 110, which means he has been creating runs above league average this entire time. Now, what else are you going to get out of Eddie Rosario? Well, you're going to get a guy that his, his walk numbers have gone up, but he does not walk a lot. His walk percentages has gone up. It was 8.2% in 2020, which is way up from his average, but he does not walk a lot. He also doesn't strike out a lot. His strikeouts have been going down his entire career, where it started out in the 20% strikeout rate. He's now down to 14% strikeout rate the last two seasons. So he doesn't walk a lot. He doesn't strike out a lot, which is good. We need a guy that puts the ball in play. Uh, something that hurt his batting average last year was his bat bip. Now, bat bip, not only is it one of the most fun stats to say, it's also an interesting stat when it comes to luck because it's batting average on balls in play, which means either two things. So he had been in the 300s. It had dropped to 273 in 2019. Last year, it was 248, which means either... They really knew where to line up for him, right? They really knew where to shift and set the defense for him. Or he just had bad luck. It means he he could hit the ball hard, but you hit it right at somebody. That shows in your bat bit. So I think we can contribute the fact he only hit 257 last year. That was his batting average, his lowest batting average since he's been in the majors. But maybe some of that is attributed to just bad luck. So we'll see if the bat bip comes back. We'll see if the batting average comes back. He has the best, one of the best batting averages in his career playing at progressive field. It's insane what he's done playing at progressive field. So we'll see if that bounces back. The fact that the power is there, the RBIs are there, the WRC plus is there. I'm excited about Eddie Rosario, and he hits both lefties and righties, so we don't have to worry about platooning him. I'm guessing you were going to pencil him in into left field for about 100 and 158 games, probably. Like He is going to be out there every day. 
he'll be out there. Jose Ramirez will be out there every day. Cesar Hernandez will be out there every day. I think you could pretty much lock those three positions in. All right. Uh, one other thing to note is this guy is a pull hitter. If you uh, if you look at his spray chart over on uh, Baseball Savant on Statcast, you can clearly see this guy's a pull hitter. He does have the ability to go the other way. He hit two home runs to the opposite field and one to dead center. But most of the home runs he hit, he's a left-handed hitter, were out to right field there. Most of the singles go that way, although you got some singles up the middle. And a few, a few he poked out to the opposite field. One double off the wall in the opposite field. So, mostly a pull hitter here. The percentages also say that. Um, the percentages of pull versus middle versus uh, up opposite field. He's been in the 40% pull for the last three seasons. So, we're looking at a pretty solid pull hitter here and a fly ball hitter. For the last three seasons, also, he's been over 40% on fly balls. And uh, that could be just going for more power. He knows he makes his money off of home runs. So he is he works on his launch angle, and he is going to be trying to hit home runs for us, which is great. I love it. All right. So that is what we are getting in Eddie Rosario. What about Cesar Hernandez? Cesar Hernandez has just been solid. For most of his career, he's hitting in the 280s, 290s kind of range. Uh, he never has a ton of power. The most home runs he ever hit was 15. And we saw, I think it took him a while to get up there in home runs, to get a home run on the board this year for the Indians. He only hit three. So it's not a ton of power. But he does score runs, and he usually hits to the top of the lineup. That's why. He's, he's, he's a pretty good leadoff hitter. Uh, he makes contact. He gets on base. His on-base percentage has been over 300 for most of his career. It was 355 last year um, with only a 408 slugging. So that puts him in the mid-700s, 763 for his OPS. But his weighted runs created, WRC plus, was a 110 last year. That's a really good sign. It's his best, uh, second best. 2017 Phillies, he was 111. So he had one of his best offensive seasons last year. He's been positive war basically since he's been a rookie. Uh, same with Eddie Rosario, by the way. Uh, so F war, looking at Fangraphs' measure of war. Uh, Cesar Hernandez was 1.9 war last year. That's wins above replacement. That's a good stat. You want to see the positive numbers there. Uh, for Eddie Rosario last year, it was 0.9, so still in the positive, and he's been in the positive his entire career, including 2018, where he was a 3.4 war. So that is a guy that contributes to a winning team. Same thing with Cesar Hernandez. Um, if you remember the way Cesar Hernandez plays, he kind of uses the whole field. Yes, everybody is going to be slightly up on their pull, but his pull's always been around in the 30s. One time in his career, 2018, it hit 40%. But mostly it's in the mid to high 30% for the pull. Center field, he used it 33% of the time last year. And he went opposite field 27.7% of the time. That's a good mix. That's a really good mix for a hitter, especially a leadoff hitter, to be able to spray that ball all over like that. So I'm excited about... Cesar Hernandez coming back. His defense was fantastic. He is a really solid pro hitter. So, this is exciting, right? I, you can hear it in my voice. I Even though we traded Francisco Lindor, and yes, 
that impact will be felt, right? There's no denying that he he should have been one of the faces of baseball. I don't know if he's gotten there yet. Maybe he will in New York. Now that he's in New York, right? He's got the New York advertising machine, the New York media machine to kind of pump him up. He was a perennial all-star. He will be missed here in Cleveland. But Jose Ramirez has been the better player. Jose Ramirez has been the best player on the Indians for the last few years. And we just put two really good pieces around him. And this is this is what Antonetti's trying to do, to compete for this year. And we have some pieces in the pipeline now that make the future look bright. So, uh, not going to worry about pitching today. Today is all about offense. Today is all about what that lineup could look like. We'll see if the other Rosario, if Ahmed Rosario gets moved, or if he competes, comes in. He's going to come in and compete in spring training then for shortstop if he's on this team when camp opens. We're not the only ones making news, however. There's big news going on all around baseball. Uh, It was a busy night last night because uh, Arenado, Nolan Arenado, the third baseman for the Colorado Rockies, is apparently getting traded to St. Louis. He was a big name that was out there. Uh, Not the same situation as Francisco Lindor. He was in a different situation. He got the contract. He got the money. And yet... Uh, Colorado is redoing things. They're regretting that contract, and they are moving him to St. Louis, which is a big move for the Cardinals in the NL Central. Um, It's interesting. It's it's a very interesting trade because I don't think, man, maybe since, uh, since Alex Rodriguez got traded to the Yankees, has a guy with this big of a contract gotten moved. I feel like it's been a while since we've seen a guy who was locked up by his team then get moved. Uh, Jack Peterson also signed with the Cubs. He was a name that I thought the Indians might be going after. And once he signed with the Cubs, I thought for sure that this trade with the Reds for an outfielder might happen. But Peterson is a pretty good hitter, but I'm actually happier with Rosario. Peterson has been a guy throughout his career that clearly needs to platoon with a right-handed bat. And... uh, Rosario's not. Rosario can't hit lefties and righties. So I think I'm a little happier with Eddie Rosario staying in the American League Central, coming over from the enemy and joining our team than, you know, Jack Peterson going to the Cubs there. Um, There have been a bunch of shortstops. Uh, There was a trade. Steven Matz was traded to the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, I know right now, are kind of a hot team, right? Blue Jays, I feel like they do this. I feel like they go out of every few years, win the offseason, and it always backfires. It always blows up in their face for the Blue Jays. Sorry if there's any Blue Jays fans listening. Um, Take a look at their lineup. They've got an insane lineup. They've got some really young, amazing players in that lineup, but they don't have the pitching. In Cleveland, we got the pitching. Now, we saw in the playoffs last year, uh, they always say good pitching can beat good hitting. I think we saw against the Yankees last year that that's not necessarily true because the Yankees came in here and hit the crap out of the ball. They destroyed us with their offense. So, our offense is going to have to compete. And that comes down to the power of Ramirez, Eddie Rosario, and Fermil Reyes at that top of the lineup 
maybe if Mercado and Daniel Johnson at the bottom of the lineup and then turning it over to Cesar Hernandez, if those guys can get on base and set up RBI situations for Ramirez, for Rosario, for Reyes, that's the recipe. That's the recipe right there. So uh, it's going to take a lot for this Indians offense to compete at that level, but we do have the pitching that balances out that level of competition, right? It evens out the playing field a little bit. So that's what's going on in Major League Baseball. Lots of guys are finally on the move. I think it's safe to say that this hot stove is heating up as we head into spring training. And Cleveland Indians, your Cleveland Indians are actually making moves. I think someone pointed out, uh, I was trying to think about this. Someone pointed out on Twitter, when is the last time the Indians re-signed a guy? I'm not talking about gave him an extension. I'm not talking about bought out some of his arbitration and then free agency years. I'm saying legitimately a guy reached free agency, was an unrestricted free agent, and then the Indians signed him and brought him back. I legitimately, in the in the 2000s, in the 90s, I can't think of a player that the Indians did that for. When guys reach free agency, they're usually gone. So the fact that we brought Cesar Hernandez back uh, was pretty mind-boggling. And then going out and getting Rosario, this is a solid move here. I don't think this is like when the Indians went out and got Nick Swisher, you know, back in the early 20-teens. And it was a big name, but it didn't have a big impact. I think Eddie Rosario is going to have a big impact on this lineup. So there you go. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Hey, do me a favor. If you're listening on Apple right now, go ahead and give this show a review. Give it five stars if you think it's worthy. I'd really appreciate it. Let's get Cleveland baseball mornings pumped up and going for the 2021 season. Let's make it the premier Indians podcast on Apple Podcast going for the 2021 season because I'm going to be here to talk baseball. Every day there's a game, I'll be back in the morning to talk baseball with you. So that's all my thoughts. Thanks again for joining me. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. Because that's what I am. I am a fan of baseball, and I am a fan of the Cleveland baseball team, no matter what they call themselves. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>